Last week we had the first part of the Sermon on the Mount as our reading. It's called the Beatitudes, as we, we remembered it's the Latin word for blessing. So I'm going to read those again, and then the next bit of the Sermon on the Mount. No one's quite sure how long the Sermon on the Mount is. There's arguments about when in chapter 6 it stops, but we'll just read the, the next part as, as the lectionary has offered it to us. But we'll read last week's reading as well, so it's a bit longer. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. But do this falsely. On my account, rejoice though and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel, but instead on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Right, a quick catch up on last week if you don't remember it because a week is a long time in politics. It's a long time in my life as well. I had to look back at what we were doing and if you weren't here. Last week we divided the Beatitudes, there's eight of them generally Understood, and we divided them into four and said that the first four were about um, Jesus... This my microphone's going wacky again, isn't it? Uh, how's that? It, who knows? I don't know why it does that. Maybe it only does it when I start on preaching. Maybe it's a sign I should just sit down and we'll all go and have a cup of coffee somewhere. But I'm not going to. I've got to do this. <laughs> The first four were all about people who are not recognised in our community for all the wonderful things they've done and how they're powering forward. They were recognised, blessed, or as the translators suggest we should think about it, honoured for being who they were. The poor in spirit, those who live with deep depression and pain, they're not out there fixing the world. 
They're struggling. Those who are mourning, doing the hard work of struggling with loss. Those who are hungry and thirsty for justice. All of these are honoured to be honoured by Jesus. And in Jesus' culture, honour was the most important thing. That's why the translators suggest it's a much better word than than the word blessed. Because to be honoured was everything. And to lose honour was to lose everything. And the idea that Jesus would say the people to be honoured are not the powerful, not the rich, not the successful, but the poorest of people. The people struggling the most. It's an extraordinary story of grace. Well, this week, we've got the second of the, of the eight Beatitudes, the, the last four, and it's more about things that people are doing. So we're saying in these second four that people are worthy of honour for the things they do. The first four are for people how they are. You don't do mourning, you're just in mourning. You don't choose to mourn, you just do. Hunger and thirst, you don't choose to be hungry and thirsty, you just are. But these four are more about doing things. So blessed or worthy of honour are the merciful, the pure in heart, peacemakers, and those who are persecuted for justice. It says righteousness, but justice is always a much better understanding of that word. What we mean by righteousness is justice. And I reckon each of these four are about people who are living with clear, in clear-eyed reality. They're living with the world as it really is. Not the world as I wish it was, or the world as we're told it should be. Just the way the world really is. We spend some of our lives, and I have to own this, I spend some of my life um, living in a fantasy. If only this had happened, or if only that would happen. I mean, the fact that we gambling is one of our great addictions in Australia is a sign of our willingness to live with unreality. If this time I slide the money into the machine, or this time I buy the scratchy ticket, or you know, it's part. Of, and we all we all do that. I I don't buy lottery tickets. I'm going to turn this off because it's driving me nuts. And I'm going to turn this one on. Hang on. Okay, let me try that. Stupid thing, isn't it? Take it off. I too, I think we all do, live with a bit of unreality. We, we, we want to kind of shape the world into a way that we want it to be rather than the way it really is. These four Beatitudes talk about people who live with the, with, in the way the world really truly is. They're, have the courage to see it clear-eyed. The merciful are those who give everybody a break, cut people a bit of slack, understand that the people you're living and working with turn out not to be perfect. They turn out to be as hopeless as everybody else, not doing the right thing at the right time. When you most need them, they let you down. Just as when they most need you, you let them down. Not all the time, but frequently we just do that. The merciful are those who cut people a bit of slack. 
Because they know that if not today, then by the time this afternoon comes around, somebody's going to need to cut me a bit of slack. And if they don't, we're not going to be able to live together in any way at all. Whether that's the people I live with in my actual house, or the people I live with driving down the road. The whole community. The merciful are those who let things go, be gentler with each other. That's the way the world, they live with the way the world is, not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to always do, and you don't, and you've disappointed me, and you've let me down. Yes, that might be true, but that's the way the world is. How do you live with that clarity? The pure in heart, those who don't live with the fantasy, who don't tell themselves little lies to make the world seem a better place. To be pure in heart is like to be pure water. You can just see through to the truth of things. And peacemakers, they're those who know that if we don't make peace with each other, as individuals and as communities, we can't live together. There's only peace or there's fear. There's only us working together as true, full human beings. Or there's you lording it over me or me controlling you and in Jesus' culture of course this was paramount because the entire world the known world was run by Rome and the Roman Empire there's a famous quote that I've probably used before by Tacitus of about 120 years before Jesus' birth where he looked at what the way Rome ran the world and he said they make a desert and call it peace. In other words, the best way to get peace is just to destroy everything, control everything, keep it down, and it's peaceful. Well, it's quiet, but is that peace? Well, the Jews knew that it wasn't. They lived under the heel of that. We know Peacemakers know that if you're going to be clear-eyed and see the world as it really is, you will have to get out there and do the hard work of making peace, telling the truth to each other, asking for forgiveness, giving forgiveness, giving a bit of slack, letting things move so that peace can be made. Peacemakers are not nice people. They might be, but that's just a coincidence. They're not nice people, they're realists who realise this is the only way forward. If we don't make peace, then the only way I can deal with my life is to build a wall around myself because I don't trust you. And in fact, now, the, the wealthier you are, the more likely you are able to buy into a controlled community. Uh, I have a friend who, who has moved into one of these in North Carolina, and I've not been there, but, but he has a, a, a full-time guard at the gate. And you can only go in if you're on the list of people who've been invited in. So if you want to go and have dinner with him, you have to ring him up and say, let's have dinner on Thursday, make sure my name's on the gate, otherwise I'll be stuck outside. That's how they live, in a compound. I, I think there are you know, a couple of hundred houses in it. But that's not peace. That's just control. And then there's those who are persecuted for the sake of justice. They're the ones who recognise that we can't be a whole people if some of us are living with injustice. We know that we're beginning to recognise that. We have this conversation about Australia Day each year now coming up. How much of it should we be calling it Invasion Day? I don't know. And in a sense, how you get to the answer 
is more important than what the answer is because getting to the answer is a recognition that the white Europeans have moved in and done enormous damage to indigenous culture in this land over 200 years. We've done it willfully and we've done it in ignorance. Either way, we've done it. And so we know, we know that we can't live fully unless we acknowledge our situation. And, and if we do that, sometimes we come under great persecution. I don't know if you've been following the news, but it's connected to Australia, Australia Day. Bettina Arndt, who claims, calls herself a, a sex therapist, has won an order of Australia. And she's been criticised by a number of people. One is a young woman from Tasmania who just this week has come out asking the Governor-General um, to ask the Australia Day Council to review that, that um, a decision and to remove the award uh, because she feels that uh, Bettina Arndt has, uh, has enabled the man who was accused and imprisoned for her... Uh, her rape about 10 years ago. Extraordinary brave young woman to come out and do it. And as you can expect, she's come under a great deal of threat and persecution. Those who say, no, we have to stand up for justice, even if we're going to get nailed for it. As she has been. This is happening to us all day, every day. And with social media, it seems to be much easier to do. All of these four are about people willing to live with the world as it really is. It's exhausting, isn't it? It's hard work. Hard work to wake up every morning and see as it really is, to look yourself in the mirror and see you as you really are. I've got to look in the mirror every morning. I've got to look at this every morning and look at a 63-year-old man and think, you're not 25 anymore. Now I can pretend I could I could um, put dye in my hair and my beard and lose a couple of pounds and you know I could pretend, but you would know, wouldn't you? I mean, you would know because I would look so different the next day. But people can tell, can't they? When you're trying to, you know, we're not that clever as we think we are. I I have to be honest and truthful about the, the life that I'm living at this moment. But it seems, it seems hard. But then, of course, we get the next bit of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is the really interesting bit that adds to this. Because Jesus then goes, having said these things, he then says, not, okay, go out and do these things, get on with it, knuckle down, make sure you've written these on the side of your fruit so you don't forget them and do them every day. No, he says, you're the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You lot. The 12, 200, we don't know how many people were listening to him on this occasion. You are the salt of the earth. And what if salt loses its saltiness? Well, a number of scholars have written about this and said, well, if you know anything about salt, it doesn't. It can't. It's salt is just salt. It's always salt. If you dissolve it in water, you've got salt water. Salt can't lose. You cannot stop being the salt of the earth. You are the... And, and, and to, be, to be the salt of the earth is to be the, the kind of the, uh, the essence of it, the, um, the, the kind of heart of it, the, what gives it life. I'm mad for salt. I can't eat my food without piles of salt on it. And it'll probably kill me, but I'll go with a smile because I really like it. And I know that I can't live without it. 
And I know uh, technically I can't live without it as well as, you know, I probably do have a bit too much and my granddaughter yells at me all the time about it. But, but, but you need it and you need it because it, uh, it sort of gives life colour and meaning. That's what it means to be the salt of the earth. And not you should be or one day we're going to be, but you already are. You, the person you look at in the mirror every day. You, Jesus says, are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Why? Because you're so incredible? Well, yes, actually. Look at you, you're alive. That's, that's incredible. Lots of people aren't. And you won't be one day, but you are now. You are the light of the world. And you know when you get a bunch of lights together, if you've been to a vigil where everyone's brought a candle, one candle by itself, yeah, it's a little bit of light, but you get all these candles together and suddenly there's an experience of the world that you kind of, you glimpse it like an epiphany. You glimpse it for the first moment. Yes, this could be us together. This is what it really should be like, like the Blackbird poem told us. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Nobody puts a light under a bushel. It doesn't matter. When you, you, people used to put their candles under bushels. A bushel is some, it's probably some sort of clay basket, they think. And they put it under to put it out. Because you don't want light anymore and you don't want smoke to go everywhere. So you shove the thing over the top and it goes out and that's it. You don't put a light, you can't put a light under a bushel because it's no longer a light. It's light is light is light is light. It just lights up everything. And you can't stop it lighting up everything. If you go into a dark room and you light even the smallest light, it changes everything. We already are these things. We are already the light of the world. We are already the salt of the earth. And when you are, then you can live in a slightly different way. You are already loved, already honoured by God. I used to tell my kids when they were little because we used to cover the fridge with paintings that they had done at school. And some of them were terrible. Neither of my kids could could draw for nuts, just like their parents. But we used to put these things up all the time and then we'd take one down and put another one up. And I used to say to them, this is the way God sees you in the world. God has got this massive fridge and on it are photographs of you and all the funny things you've done are up there because God loves to see them. God's got this fridge and he keeps sticking paintings that you've done, things that you've done. Some of them are brilliant, some of them are, you know, not so much. But you did them. And they're wonderful. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. This is one more thing that I I read this week and another list of something I'm on. Elias Amadon said this and it turns out that he's a, um, a, a, a Sufi teacher. Uh, he's still alive. It's not... It's not from ancient times. And I've been thinking about this all week, so I'm going to leave it with you. Within you is a happy saint waiting for you to get out of the way. Within you is a happy saint waiting for you to get out of the way. Amen.